Chopra once said, instead of thinking outside of the box, get rid of the box. Hello everyone and welcome to Nerdy Optometrist, a podcast channel for all things optometry. This is your host, Upti Gora. Our guest for today is a graduate from Elite School of Optometry, uh, which he graduated in 1989. He completed his MS in Clinical Optometry from Pennsylvania College of Optometry, Salis University, and has been practicing the science and art of optometry since 1991. He is also a fellow of COVD and is pursuing PhD and fellowship of NORA at present. Along with clinical practice, he follows his interest in academics and was instrumental in establishing colleges of optometry in Chennai, Ludhiana, and Bangalore, along with Sankara I Group of Hospitals. Presently, he is the principal of Sankara College of Optometry, Bangalore. He is also an adjunct faculty at Pennsylvania College of Optometry, Salis University, USA. Being interested in optometric education, he is on the board of the Association of Schools and Colleges of Optometry in India and serves as the president on the board of ASCO India. I'm talking about none other than our very own Mr. Aditya Goyal, someone who has inspired not just me, but many students like myself. Thank you so much, sir, for being part of this podcast and a warm welcome. Thank you very much, Shukti, and thank you for having me here. And uh, thank you for uh, talking about me so much. I don't think I've done half the things. <laughs> well, I think I just introduced a part of your work. We'll be discussing a lot more during the conversation. So uh, you started, up, you completed your graduation in 1989. Well, yeah. I really want to jump directly into my first question. How did you bump into this profession of optometry? I want to know the story. <laughs> I don't know how many times I repeated that, but then all the same. Uh, optometry to most of us, or rather all of us, was uh, an unknown word. None of us right. knew it. And uh, like uh, uh, most of the people at that time, or even now, I was interested in medicine. So mm-hmm. <clears throat> I was waiting for admission, blah, blah, blah. And uh, one fine day, I saw one fourth page advertisement in newspaper um, talking about uh, baccalaureate in optometry uh, mm-hmm. and uh, obviously nobody knew elite school of optometry and it was Shankara Netralia so all of us had heard of that so I went right. uh, over to Netralia so I asked him I said what is this optometry and I don't think even they had any clue about it at that time <laughs> and mm-hmm. uh, so my next question was, is this something like some graduation? Uh, she said, yeah, 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 it is. Chalo, theek hai. Let us join that because, uh, I mean, uh, let us apply for it. And right. uh, I applied for it and uh, there was an entrance test and got through that. And uh, there I was into optometry without knowing what it was. So all I knew was it had got something to do with eyes and beyond that, nothing. Well, I feel not, I, you joined way early when I think when, when I joined, I had very limited knowledge about optometry, which was in like 2000 and, uh, 
eight, if I'm not wrong. So, well, <laughs> even then we had a very limited understanding of what optometry was. All we need was it's something to do with eyes. But it is... So, you were talking about 2008 and asking me about 1984, <laughs> 85. But that's fascinating, right? Like, when I felt, oh, I bumped into this uh, profession, it was like, I can't imagine how it would have been for you to make that decision and actually see the change over, like, you know, decades now. So it's really interesting to your journey. Uh, see, Okti, it's not uh, it's not 2008. Also, even mm. 2020, people who apply for optometry, they right. don't know what it is. So I I don't know if we have failed or whatever. But then <clears throat> my idea of joining was okay, fine, let me join and then uh, keep applying for medicine. But once I joined, yeah. I said okay, fine, I don't think I need to apply for medicine or anything. It's because we had the best of professors. Right. I mean, uh, they were the ultimate. We can't even think of those uh, professors, uh, what we had. We, we, don't, we don't have that even in medical colleges, those kind of people. So we had uh, the deans and uh, dean emerita, emeritus, etc., etc., of the best of medical colleges who were teaching us anatomy, physiology. It was absolutely fantastic. So after that, there was no second thought. Why should I go into medicine or anything? Mm -hmm. so. Well, when you were you were teaching me a few classes during my master's, I felt the same. So <laughs> you're flattering me. <laughs> no, I, I, I'll, I'll talk about it. The reason we are having this episode is to actually pick your brain and understand your thought process. This is no flattering. This is some a genuine comment which I had mentioned even during at the end of one of the lectures that you took that binocular vision was something which I always dreaded of as a subject and I would run away. But when you taught us one class and I'm like, how, how can you simplify it and actually make us think in a way which is uh, which actually makes a lot more sense and it sticks with me. So I'm going to pick your brain to understand your thought process and how should we learn the way you do. So my first question is, can you can you tell me what your thought process is around any concept, whether it's optometry or, you know, vision science, whenever you're talking about it, how do you think of a concept to teach us? Uh, to answer that question, I think uh, we need to be interested or knowledgeable about basics. It's as simple mm. as that. So if you start from foundation, the building is going to be strong. But if you start right. from the the topmost floor, you'll never mm. be there because the foundation is not there. So that is the only difference. So all I talk about is make your foundation, your basics very, very strong. And that will lead you everywhere. Right. Talking about foundation, in the current uh, conference organized by IVI, you mentioned and you started talking about digital eye strain and eye stress in a in a fantastic way where you where you mentioned that we usually just accept what our seniors or teachers tell us, and that becomes like you know a gold standard, and then we build beyond it. But we don't really ask questions. What are your thoughts around it? When we talk about basics, right? I feel what you're saying is basic for me. And I just <laughs> go from there. See, it's a very simple thing, Okti. Now, we, uh, what in IVI, what I talked about was uh, what is responsible for this. I mean, uh, we just right. take it for granted that accommodation is responsible. So 
Just think about it. Do people who do not have lens, the crystalline lens inside their eye, do they never experience eye strain? If so, then mm. remove that lens. As soon as the child is born, remove it. So a lot of problems solved. You will not, you'll never have a cataract. You'll never have eye strain. And you will never have a breast myopia. So everything right. is good. So right. <clears throat> now, when I ask that question to my students also, or anyone, optometrist or right. anyone, do these uh, pseudo fakes or fakes, do they never have eye strain? Say so they do. Mm. If they do, right. then there should be something else which is responsible and don't blame accommodation. Why why pick on right. the poor thing for everything? <laughs> you know? Everyone says accommodation is the culprit. Why make it criminal? <laughs> it is not criminal. <laughs> so that makes you think what? And uh, right. actually speaking, then you go into the past. You start reading literature. You start uh, thinking about it. So I can't actually make you think how to think. It's only right. <laughs> so you have your basics with you and build up on those basics. So I, I'm not really certain. Even I used to say that accommodation is responsible and used to work on accommodation, blah, blah, blah. But uh, just thought about it. So then you start realizing that it is not accommodation alone. There should be something else also. And right. if it is convergence, then... Do people with one eye never have an eye strain? So mm. we have to think a little more. And then the next question that uh, came to my mind was, if you watch TV for, uh, let's say, the entire day, now <clears throat> you have these football matches. So people who watch right. TV throughout the day, maybe at 20 feet away or even 10 feet away, do they not experience eye strain? So yeah. we need answers to those questions and unless we ask those questions or think about those questions you're never going to get answers and uh, that's how this uh, entire innovation and uh, whatever we have today all that has come out of those questions so we have had right. great thinkers and i think all of us can think but we refuse to think <laughs> Right. And I feel also, I have to say, for at least I can talk about myself, is sometimes we we stop questioning. We just take it, okay, you know, you have said it. That's it. You know, I... Yeah. So we take it that, uh, on the face value. Right. Absolutely. Uh, you know, if right. Aditya says this, a lot of my, uh, my students take it on the face value. Don't do it. Question me. Think about it. Right. I may be wrong. And in number of cases, we are wrong. Right. So why don't we think about uh, what we are talking about, what we are thinking? So we have to question that. I think that is such an important lesson even for me. Like, why are you doing or why, why is this happening? The question why should should never stop from your, like, any activity that you're doing, whether it's optometry, whether it's in your life. I feel that always has to be there to to you know bring up innovation to keep your thinking process on <laughs> see that's a problem uh, that i face in the class if if and when i'm teaching now because if uh, i ask a question the next question is why right so these people are uh, i think uh, most of them must have uh, nicknamed me why or what and <laughs> i must be, people must be think i'm sure they must be talking about it though probably when i quit teaching <laughs> then I'll get to know what all I was called. Now, when I ask them, what is my nickname? They don't tell me. 
know my nicknames. One of them, uh, I know for sure, I'm called uh, NRAPRA behind my backs. <laughs> because I talk a lot about NRAPRA in uh, binocular vision. Right. So I'm sure a lot of my students uh, call me NRAPRA. Wo aagya. NRAPRA <laughs> Well, I have to say, but there is another another thing about your teaching, which I actually want to highlight and learn a little more, is every time you have taught, whether it is in the class, whether it's during uh, seminars that I listen to, or during conferences, I find you as a storyteller, you always teach in a way from asking why's to actually giving showing us uh, optometry, binocular vision, uh, whatever part you're teaching through a journey. How does that, uh, how can one develop that skill? I seriously don't know, but uh, I love stories and I love storytelling. So <laughs> I think you can learn your uh, anything if you take it as a story. You just go and uh, keep building your thread mm. and uh, you continue and uh, Everything, it's very logical. And if it is illogical, then something's wrong somewhere. Mm. Isn't it? Uh, I mean, uh, you go to a movie theater and you watch a movie. That's uh, how you keep a person engrossed throughout those two and a half, three, uh, three hours. But then if that uh, movie does not have a straightforward storyline, right. you are not interested anymore. Correct. So that's how i feel uh, if we are uh, talking of anything in human body it's so beautifully knit mm. human body is a wonder i mean uh, not only human body all the entire nature is a wonder right and uh, it is very very logical the problem is we do not understand most of it and we have found shortcuts and uh, that's not the right approach for example, I'll just give you a simple example. It's not a class in binocular vision, I'm sure. <laughs> but then, if you have uh, spasm of accommodation, mm -hmm. what do we do? We start uh, putting cycloplegics, right? Right. That's not the solution. There should be a reason for that spasm. Right. right? So if we go into the, uh, into the depth of it and find out the reason for that spasm, Will we not be able to help my patient much better as compared to just giving uh, cycloplegics? It's something like I have a headache and I take paracetamol without knowing what the reason is. Right, right. So I, I think uh, we, if we understand the reason, it is a lot better and a lot uh, more uh, helpful rather than just superficial looking at the symptoms and treating the symptoms alone. I mean, I'm talking of anything in life. If you're only treating the symptoms, you're never going to cure the problem. Absolutely. I, all these lessons that you're pointing out, like keep asking why, go into the depth and understand the actual cause of the problem versus just focusing on the superficial symptoms. I think that's, that's something that I feel we all sometimes try to miss out and try to find shortcuts which will be just like a band-aid for a temporary time, but it will definitely come back to you <laughs> when you are not prepared. Absolutely. Uh, you know what the problem is, uh, Okti? Mm -hmm. The problem is our education has become certificate-based and mark-based. Right. All of us are only interested in how much uh, I'm going to score and the degree or the certificate or the diploma that I'm going to get at the end of the program. Hmm. We are not interested in learning. Right. In attaining that uh, education 
and that is uh, something which uh, hurts me because uh, you know we are uh, time bound i am supposed to teach blah 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 in so much of time right i mean if there are questions how can i uh, how can i teach it in uh, let's say i am given one hour to teach something and uh, there are questions yeah. a person has to understand or some student how do we take it for granted that all the students have the same understanding hmm. so uh, we are we are uh, binding everything right so we we need to rethink <laughs> again coming back to thinking <laughs> so we need to rethink on all those lines and then uh, <clears throat> make our education better no absolutely this entire episode is about picking your brain about thinking so we are definitely going to talk a lot about you know all those thought process that goes in your mind to help us rethink what we are doing <laughs> <sighs> i can't teach you how to think <laughs> i have to really think how to make you think <laughs> <laughs> well uh, we are learning i i promise whatever your examples that you're sharing is definitely provoking questions or at least making us think that we should start thinking ah <laughs> uh, yeah uh, so i think it is the interest if i'm not interested in anything i will not think about it mm-hmm. so it is right. kindling or rekindling interest in some subject or something right. anything it could be a man a woman or uh, some uh, area of study or what i want to eat i have to have an interest in that if i do not have an interest it will be superficial right right absolutely sir now talking about the next thing that i want to understand is according to you, what do you feel are the biggest myths about uh, you know among students that you feel that we want you should be debunking regarding studying or learning according to me learning is not really happening because <laughs> learning will happen if you develop an interest and like i said before mm-hmm. then only it will kindle your thinking right we are all mark based we are all looking at what questions you are going to ask me mm. you know you give the question paper and you are very happy right <laughs> that's why when uh, whenever i'm interviewed i always tell them don't give me the question because that has become the norm today you know, right. a lot of interviews they say i'll send you the questions and uh, i don't want you to be surprised by my questions i mean uh, if uh, that's something like giving the question paper prior to the interview which i don't like right <laughs> <laughs> so, right 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 <laughs> so that's uh, i mean uh, when i am giving these uh, uh, small interviews in some magazines and all that they send me the right. questions i don't want that i want to be asked those questions and uh, put me live on wherever i am because that is what is going to give the audience my real me right it is very artificial so i right. feel education and uh, all that has become very very artificial very mm-hmm. uh, it is not need based it is uh, examination and certificate based so i think mm. we need to get away from that i feel so that we should get a little away from that and start learning and teaching as uh, not even subjects as uh, concepts right because there's so much of interrelation you cannot uh, split human body into different parts right so when nature did not do any injustice who the hell are we <laughs> that's so true that's so true so now talking about the learnings and how one needs to learn if i had to ask you what are your resources 
your favorite resources that you go to for all your learning is there is there something which you always you know fall back to or do you have any uh, tips there most of them are the people who are dead and gone because that was a time 1940s 1930s where all this started emerging and they did mm-hmm. not have any resources they did not have any pre- uh, precedent to any of these things so mm-hmm. <clears throat> they really thought about what was uh, what we have today mm. you know the entire concepts of binocular vision i mean i'm just talking binocular vision but then you take into anything uh take right. it to uh you go 120 years back 130 years back we did not have airplanes we did not have uh motor cars we did not so they thought about it so if you go into how these people worked and how these people i'm not uh, saying that all of us should become historians but then right we talk when we talk of evidence based and everything we talk of the latest the recent but right i i don't know maybe uh, the age is catching up or it has already caught up <laughs> but uh, yeah uh, the 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 writings or uh, whatever talks we have of those generations they they are mm-hmm. gems so that uh, really makes you understand and then you start looking into the recent ones and compare mm-hmm. the two and maybe we are missing out something like for example you right. mentioned about uh, this ice train right we are missing out something so we are looking right. at uh, ready made solutions today where you give something and uh, ice train is sorted out or uh, we may have commercialized a lot of things but yes. uh, i feel uh, we should so those are my inspirations so mm-hmm. <clears throat> uh, believe me i was an utter failure in binocular vision during my optometry days <laughs> i did not well, understand I'm... binocular vision even the b of it <laughs> but i do know a small story which again you were sharing me like i think it was it was during my masters if i am not wrong that is i think 7 8 years ago but i still remember that in the in the lecture that you took you said you were always interested in contact lenses you switched Absolutely. to binocular vision because you felt that was less challenging as there was like standard soft lenses available commercially Absolutely. and then you you like <laughs> you like this is not fun anymore and i want to start binocular vision how did that happen <laughs> well if uh, my friends in contact lenses are listening to this or will listen to this they'll throttle me <laughs> they'll clobber me totally because uh, i i had all my love and uh, regards for contact lenses i started that but then <clears throat> when all the great uh, contact lens manufacturers came into india it was a fantastic right. field and uh, uh i am not sure if you have heard of uh, rashni turakia yes i have i have so uh, i met him in 1990 i think uh, i mean i knew him uh, much before that we used to have lots of discussions mm-hmm. uh, baliwala sir rashni sir all uh, all these people when so i used to speak and uh, rajni bhai was uh, very much into contact lenses so he mm-hmm. used to say aditya this is my sanctum sanctorum and these mm-hmm. people have made it uh, cows and buffaloes because uh, <laughs> you know you did not have it did not require any knowledge or skill to fit those contact lenses right. at that time where it was like one lens fits all 
So you tell Correct. me the power and it went to Panwala shops. So <laughs> they were more into selling contact lenses rather than dispensing contact lenses. Right. And, right. Uh, you know, one f- uh, over a period of time, I was finding myself redundant. Yeah, right. uh, I studied for four years, but what do I do now? I mean, I'm just fitting. I'm just uh, putting whatever contact lens. Uh, I have a minus four. So I pick up a B3 or B4 and put it onto the patient's eye. And that's about it. So, and then, uh, okay, I I did not even shift to binocular vision at that time. I was uh, doing uh, general optometry. Mm-hmm. But the thing what hit me was when I got married, my wife is a physical therapist uh, and she mm-hmm. has specialized in uh, pediatric uh, neurophysiotherapy, mm-hmm. all that, a uh, uh, lot mm-hmm. of... Uh, neuro stuff <clears throat> so she used to refer these patients to me all these small kids with cerebral palsy or uh, other disorders the neuro- neurological disorders and all i knew mm-hmm. was uh, retinoscopy because uh, right. these kids will not sit in front of a slit lamp or uh, they'll not get themselves uh, fundus evaluated or you know all i could do was retinoscopy and all of them mm-hmm. i'll find some refractive error prescribe glasses, dispense glasses, and the first thing they do is when it is on their face, they pick it out and throw it on your face. So <laughs> I, I knew something was wrong, but what was wrong, I didn't know. And right. uh, these uh, those were the times uh, when internet was not happening. And so <laughs> I always uh, tell this, I was the first person to purchase uh, uh, Shyman and Wick. The, oh. <laughs> So I went to a bookstore, a medical bookstore. I saw mm-hmm. this book over there and I had never heard of it because the internet was something which was, uh, uh, you know, we used to purchase, you'll be, uh, the kids who are listening today, they will be surprised. We had, to purchase, <laughs> we had uh, those, uh, uh, we, ha- we used to purchase those uh, CDs with right. internet yeah. packages, 25 kbps, 50 kbps. Today, if you talk a KBPS, <laughs> they laugh at us. <laughs> so, and it was quite expensive. I used to shell out something like 100 rupees for some uh, 50 KBPS pack. Uh-huh. <laughs> Which you will get, I don't know how many GB packs today in 100 rupees. But then right. those were the times. I'm not talking of dinosaur times. <laughs> no, no, no. Even I, even I aware of the CDs and things. Though I, yeah. I was still a kid then. But yeah, I'm aware of you know those those times. <laughs> so, and it used to take uh, if there was uh, videos were out of question. But even if a email had to be downloaded. It used to take almost mm-hmm. five to ten minutes to download that on those uh, speeds. <laughs> so, anyway, I went to this bookstore and uh, happened to see this book uh, by Shaman and Wick. And mm-hmm. uh, I said, "How much is this?" Sir, koi kharita nahi hai. So, if you want, you take this. Uh, I've had this book for a long time, but no one has ever purchased this. I said, "Okay, tell me how right. much." He says, uh, "Give me twenty-five rupees." I said, "Okay." So. I bargained as uh, any Indian and I got it for 20 rupees. So <laughs> the first book in India, first Shyman and Vic book, uh, I don't remember. The the, <laughs> yeah, which is the book today, which uh, I think people purchase for some 2,000, 4,000 rupees now, was mm. uh, purchased by me for 20 rupees at that time. And mm-hmm. 
<laughs> Mitch will be shocked to hear this because I don't know how much <laughs> he got out of the 20 rupees to sell that book to me. <laughs> you know, we write those books right. uh, to get <laughs> to get some kind of uh, royalty out of it. So right. <laughs> I got, uh, if Mitch ever listens to this, <laughs> I got that less than quarter a dollar at that time. So I don't know how much royalty. And then I read that. And mm-hmm. uh, again, I was uh, into a major depression because uh, the things what he has written in that, all the equipment, they were mm-hmm. uh, never known to India. We had never seen, mm-hmm. you know, he has put the picture, but I don't know how big that damn thing is. Right. I saw Bernaloscope, I saw Percha Rule, I saw a whole lot of things. And those were... Uh, not even seen in India. So slowly internet started picking up and uh, I went through uh, literature over the net and uh, over a period of time, a lot of uh, experimentation. Uh, Mm -hmm. That's where I think all the thinking came in and uh, started thinking about uh, how to use them because I did not know even how to use those things. So... Again, I was, I think, the first person to purchase the entire that uh, basic Bernal kit. Uh-huh. So my good friend Ajay Shinde had gone to US at that time, and I told him, "Okay, fine. I'm couriering. I'm asking Bernal to send it across to you wherever you are in US, and then you got to get it." And I think uh, even today he must be cursing Lakshmi and Ajay. The entire family had gone to US at that time, and it was a suitcase full of equipment. And he must be cursing. <laughs> I'm sure he must be cursing even today. This bloody character asked me to pick up such a huge pack. And he said, it's just a small pack. <laughs> so anyway, I got that uh, equipment and again, experimentation, experimentation. And mm-hmm. uh, it goes on even today. So, <laughs> Well, today you actually talk and take lectures widely on topics related to vision therapy, neurovision perception, behavioral, developmental optometry, pediatric optometry, vision rehabilitation. So I think I'm pretty sure Lakshmi Bhav and Ajay will be more than happy to get that for you. And thank you for diving so deep into the entire scope of, I feel this is this was an untapped segment of optometry and I still feel it is. Uh, but, you know, you driving that force and, you know, moving into this, I think was is definitely inspirational and fantastic for many binocular vision lovers and people you know who 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 have actually benefited by all the services and the treatments that you have brought to india <laughs> no i hope so they have uh, they have uh, i brought something but uh, there there's a long 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 way to go Absolutely. Now, sir, you do teach in India as well as in United States. Now, talking about thinking and percept, like you know how students are. If you had to point out uh, any difference when you're talking to students in US, teaching to students in India versus United States, what would that be? Uh, questioning. When uh, it's not United States alone, most of the other parts of the world, world when I'm mm-hmm. talking. I, I shouldn't use the word teaching, but uh, I should use the word talking because mm-hmm. I don't, uh, I like to build up a rapport with uh, whoever I'm teaching in inverted commas. So I say, mm-hmm. I'm talking to you and then let us discuss this rather than uh, 
understand this as a core subject so right. when i'm talking it is a questioning in uh, india what i find is most of uh, the people whatever age they may be they like to take you at the face value whereas mm. in a number of other places where i'm uh, teaching in inverted commas or talking they question and mm. that is one thing very very important which is kind of missing in mm-hmm. our country where right. we have uh, we have given up questioning we like to just accept whatever is told right i want and i always say when uh, jessa had that uh, right the talk on ivi i said mm-hmm. i want participation i want people to question me because uh, if i am not questioned i feel i'm it's just a monologue which right. uh, personally i don't like so this is the this is the difference apart from that uh, all of us have that 1 kg on the top story so all of us <laughs> can think but uh, mm-hmm. i think uh, questioning is the most important thing which should be there and which should be which should be encouraged right yeah i i definitely feel it is it i'm not sure if it is something on the teacher side or if it's on the student side to be honest sometimes you might be one of the teacher who is encouraging questions but you know the students are not used to it probably that could be one hesitation or it is just that we just want to listen to you we don't have any questions <laughs> <laughs> see i was biting my tongue before uh, i didn't want to say this <laughs> because uh, i was quite tempted to say that uh, it's not the students alone i should not blame the students alone it should be also i should also blame the teachers for this because right. that uh, encouragement from the teachers to question is not there right no i i the reason i said is because when i used to teach back in india i when i was even though i knew what i'm talking or teaching about as a teacher when you start teaching there is a hesitation that you know don't ask me questions i feel even <laughs> teachers do get nervous initially uh, though now i'm trying to change <laughs> absolutely and uh, that kindles the interest in the student and uh, i don't think there's anyone who knows everything everything right. of everything so right. there's no harm if a student asks a question which uh, you do not know the answer go back and uh, read and come back and answer that question and uh, right. that's what i feel is a learning process rather than uh, rattling off something which uh, which is written somewhere right i think for this part which you mentioned uh, nilesh sir nilesh tete had mentioned a very important thing it is okay for you to not know something but make sure you read and follow up Absolutely. and answer it 100% it shouldn't 100%. be your get away <laughs> i would say 200% because uh, uh, the idea of teaching is learning yourself also so right. i always say that it's a huge amount that i learn when i'm teaching because there are number of questions that come to your mind when you're teaching true and uh, when the students ask uh, some questions there's no stupid question absolutely absolutely that's so true so now sir we have talked a lot about uh, learning teaching thinking now we're going to go to a little fun segment uh, where uh, which i like to call as a rapid fire uh, like any oh talk God. show i'll be asking you 
like any dog show i'll be asking you a few questions uh, to know the fun side of mr aditya goel uh, so let let me know when you're ready are you all set shoot all right i promise no controversial questions <laughs> no, you, i i don't mind controversy <laughs> i am perfectly fine with that all right wonderful so my first question what do you prefer more teaching or your practice both are interrelated it is uh, one leads to the other so if i'm practicing and i don't learn i'm doing injustice and if i'm teaching and i don't practice because most of what i teach is uh-huh. out of my experiences so both are interrelated and both both are symbiotic ah uh, so I now love both. you love both okay well i'll i'll let go of that <laughs> all right if you were not an optometrist which other profession or uh, career do you feel you would have been pursuing story writer amazing uh, if we were uh, to write a book an autobiography about your journey what would the title be optometry the religion wonderful now talking about your favorite destination that you have been there or you would like to visit i love mountains so any mountain is the ultimate thing for me Awesome. What uh what do you do during your downtime or when you're relaxing? Your hobbies or anything that you do during your downtime? Music. Music? All right. Wonderful. Uh if you had to interview one celebrity, who would that be? Dr. A.M. Skeffington, father of behavioral optometry. Mhm. Awesome. Oh my god. I I really would I really wish that would have been possible. I I don't know if you know but then uh, he was a founder of OEPF. Mhm. Now, one positive thing that has happened during this covid lockdown. Uh positively again teaching because it has made me think how I can possibly th- uh, teach right without seeing a person in front of me. and mm-hmm. again think how to teach in different ways that's 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 so true that's so, so true it has kindled an interest and from mm-hmm. a clinical perspective how i can do my therapies without the patient being in front of me so mm-hmm. that has uh, done a lot of good to me to us mm-hmm. and uh, where we are doing fantastic therapies uh whether the person is in uh, india or us or uh, australia or wherever and we are able to bring results and we are able to show results so what we talk about doing the evaluation mm-hmm. i i i uh, i don't call them online therapies i devised a new word a new phrase i should say supervised mm-hmm. teletherapies thanks nice. so it's it's a supervised thing where i am with the patient but mm-hmm. through the net and we connect and it's a fantastic thing that is happening so had this not happened the lockdown not happened we would never have thought about it absolutely absolutely that has definitely changed the entire i would say healthcare delivery system of instead of yeah. i think you can tell that better yes <laughs> <laughs> you can you can uh, give more insight into it uh, rather than me i am only talking uh, unidimensional but then uh, you work in uh, so much in uh, healthcare so you will be able to tell that much better than me 
and it's fantastic it's something uh, which is going to change the way we think about health delivery and also how we are going to proceed in future right absolutely absolutely and sir if you had to add or remove one thing from an optometry curriculum what would that be what i would like to add is interrelation of different subjects because that is something which is missing and right. a very very good amount of practice management rather than a subject i would like to teach it as a comprehensive uh, tool in the final year of optometry because making a person ready for that and uh, we teach that in a very vague way we have accounts mm-hmm. in the first semester or second semester we have computers i don't like that because i want that to be integrated as practice management towards the end wherein the student undergoes and understands what he's in for and how to do that right no i think that's that's fantastic and i definitely feel that this uh, what you have pointed out is so right if we understand the relationship and learn the practice management in the fourth year i think that would be so so helpful to change the way we practice and also to change the mindset because i think we are trained in a certain way yeah because uh, when i speak to the crop of optometrists who we are uh, graduating now if you even mm-hmm. ask them one day before the graduation what are you thinking of he says i don't know yeah <laughs> what are you going to do in future so, i don't know that's so we are true. we are only postponing our future and right. one thing uh, what i would like to bring about is not as a subject but then understanding that all the subjects are interrelated because when we mm. teach physical optics geometric optics any optics they don't know why we are teaching them right if we teach microbiology if we teach uh, the basic sciences like anatomy physiology they don't know why we are teaching them so interrelate that and relate that to core optometry and then that will kindle a lot of interest in learning those subjects rather than you know going through it and uh, going through like a motion and then passing those subjects right oh absolutely absolutely i think you are actually developing and working towards the curriculum but i think this is fantastic thing if we could add it uh, and i i definitely cannot agree more that how students would benefit it so that was the end of a rapid fire as promised it wasn't it wasn't that difficult right sir not at all <laughs> I thought you asked uh, me very difficult questions. No, no, no. We want to have fun. As I promised, no controversies, just fun. That's what not your podcast is all about. I'm waiting for controversies. <laughs> so, you don't shoot me, others will shoot me. <laughs> well, we 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 really uh, get inspired by you sir, so we want you to be safe and that's the reason I think we want to stay away from any such thing. uh coming to my last question before i end this podcast is one take away message or your your mantra which you would like to share with the students and my listeners live happy and enjoy enjoy your life you only live once that's so beautiful wonderful i couldn't agree more uh thank you so much sir for all the inspiring learning helping us rethink the way we think uh making us understand that how important it is to go back and learn your basics as that's the core and keep questioning as that's that will lead you to a much much satisfactory practice versus just doing something monotonous so thank you so much sir for all your inspiring thoughts and conversation thank you very much shukti it was wonderful talking with you